0: You're listening to Don't Waste Water
1: don't have a technology problem when it comes to water reuse or many of the other water challenges. Either it exists today or it is rapidly entering the market. I shouldn't maybe say that as a technology provider, but frankly, it's not going to be the thing that holds us back the most.
0: Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Twist for the podcast.
1: When I'm talking to other industrial companies and their sustainability teams, that's how they're thinking about it. This is a resource. How do I get the most out of it as possible while reducing impacts Around me, and reuse is often a top solution to do that.
0: I'm your host, Antoine Valter, and in today's episode, I'm delighted to welcome back Austin Lexander as my guest.
1: The original circular economy was water. (laughs) Actually, that's. And can we reframe around the circularity conversation that's gaining a lot of momentum and use that as a lever to say, this is how we're thinking about water. This is not just an endless resource. This is not just something we can take out of the ground or resources forever, but we have to think about it in a more circular way.
0: Austin is Vice President Sustainability and Social Impact at Xylem.
1: As we're thinking about how we talk to other companies, we're coming at it as a sustainability conversation because we are seeing genuine investments from some of the largest companies companies in the world into their water and sustainability overall, but water in particular. And especially for those companies that are high water use industries, they're realizing, oh crap, my business can't survive with where projections are going. For water. It is not only not just a nice-to-have, it's a must-have. And that's driving decision-making and investments in a way we haven't seen.
0: Xylem is... Well, do I really need to introduce Xylem after all these times they've been on the podcast? Here we go. Xylem is one of the largest water and wastewater technology companies globally. I've counted, it's the fifth time Xalem is on with Austin as a return guest today. Can you believe I'm probably the only water podcast in the world they don't sponsor? And follows the simple motto let's solve water. Now, that will sound like I'm begging when I was just trying to make this intro funny. <laughs> Back to serious with this week's topic, Water Reuse, which we'll touch on in 3 steps. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, I hope I don't need to convince you about the perks of Water Reuse. It's a widely untapped water resource, in an era of growing water scarcity, it's the cheapest of all the unconventional water sources, notably much cheaper than seawater desalination, and it comes with a wealth of welcome side effects ranging from much better environmental impact and removal of trace compounds and endocrine disruptors, all the way through resource recovery, and circular economy. Great! That's a very rational story, yet we humans are no rational beings despite what we believe. We're emotional, and the emotions associated with water reuse are, let's face it, tainted. As a result, despite all the good reasons to adopt it, the recent growth we've seen in water reuse's contribution to our water mix might be an optical illusion. It's growing! Yes! But a bit like a dragster to which you would have attached a parachute after having placed an elephant in the passenger seat. So the question becomes, how do we remove that elephant and that parachute? How do we speed up the much-needed adoption of water reuse? And what prevents the elephant from disembarking the car? To answer these, we'll delve with Austin today into the challenge of fostering the political will and public acceptance necessary for reuses widespread adoption. We'll follow up on Friday with another brilliant return guest, Aaron Tartakovsky from Epic Cleantech, to look into infrastructure challenges, outdated regulations, and again, overcoming public perception. And I'll close that triptych with my own synthesis, leveraging some of my former guests' wisdom, notably David Lloyd Owen and Paul Gagliardo, but also Austin, Aaron and Henry Charabé, which you've not heard on that microphone yet. That should be out next Monday and available on my main YouTube channel as well. I'll leave the floor to Austin Alexander in a breeze, just after reminding you that, if you like what you hear, please take this episode and share it with a colleague, a friend, your boss or your team, I'm approaching the 400,000 downloads milestone, which wouldn't be possible without your support. Thanks for helping me keep pushing and I'll meet you on the other side. Sorry to interrupt again, this short hostry to tell you that this could be your ad if we were to team up and become partners. Get your brand in front of an audience in 146 countries with the US, UK and Canada as the top three by the numbers on a podcast channel that's been repeatedly sustainability number one in Israel, Singapore and the Baltics, in the top 10 in France and the Nordics and almost continuously in the top 50 in the US, UK or Australia. Want to explore partnership options? Then reach out to Antoine at dww.show. The link is in the description and on to the podcast. Hi, Austin. Franz. Super happy to have you back.
1: It's wonderful to see you again. It's been a while. And in person. (laughs) And in person,
0: absolutely. Water reuse is one of these topics which everybody throws around. We know that technologically speaking, we have the solutions. We know that it's probably one of the best solutions to quench the world's thirst, and still we don't do it. So (laughs) what's your rationale for that? as the second largest water tech company in the world.
1: Earlier this morning, we heard from Radica Fox as well as some others around the people element of implementing water technology. And you said it best. We don't have a technology problem when it comes to water reuse or many of the other water challenges. Either it exists today or it is rapidly entering the market. So we're not so worried about that. I shouldn't maybe say that as a technology provider, but frankly, (laughs) it's not gonna be the thing that holds us back the most. What will is two things finance and access to finance in an equitable way and into when we're talking utilities communities that really are ready to implement reuse again solutions out there that's being solved but then it's the people piece it's the decision making and the political will when you're talking community reuse but in industrial companies or corporates that are setting water targets the will to invest in their own water reuse on facilities that piece we're seeing a change happen and we're really excited about the wave of change we're seeing there.
0: What triggers that change and where do you see it <laughs> yeah. happening?
1: I think it's different by kind of sector of water. In utilities, municipal water, what we're seeing, people are seeing the challenge, the climate change challenges we're facing and it's becoming so real that the political will to utilize reuse is overcoming what previous kind of misnomers about reuse may have challenged it in the past. So I think that in the public space.
0: So you're saying we overcame the toilet to tap?
1: I think we're getting there. Okay. That's my personal sense, is it feels like in more and more conversations, even with people not in the water sector, that openness to reuse is becoming better. With still some hesitation, but I think it's getting better, as well as the kind of political will to invest and really convince communities that this is the way to go.
0: I was super surprised on the topic of reuse. I'm French. (laughs) Open secret. The French president or the president of France have to decide. He said last year that he wants to increase from points... 7.8 7.8 percent, where we are right now, as a country, to 10 percent, you would reuse. And as a reaction, people were surprised because they're paying for waste with the treatment, and they thought, "I'm paying for waste with the treatment, so that water must be reusable. So why don't we already reuse yeah. it?" That's where we're starting from. The awareness in the population is pretty low. Yeah. That means before we get the political power to push for reuse. We need to empower them by helping to explain to people why wastewater treatment is not the same than wastewater to reuse. How do we do that?
1: I- used to be an engineer, but now I work in sustainability and social impact asylum. And so I spend a lot of time working with our team on that question of how do we get, not the technology problem, but the will problem. It's got to come from a lot of different places. I think water sector doing a better job of engaging the general public has to be part of our roadmap for the next five to ten years. We historically, as a sector, haven't done that. And I think we're really waking up to, and the public's waking up to, how big the water challenges we face are, and we have to bring the communities we're operating in as part of the solution. I'll do a small plug. (laughs) One of our partnerships is with the Manchester City Football Club Soccer. Football. Please, football. Football. (laughs) We did a a video a few years back now, but we've continued with videos with their coach Pep and others. And one of them was called The End of Football. And it was, what does football look like in 2045 in water scarcity? And it reached... The numbers were enormous on the eyeballs that watched this video and understood the connection of water challenges to their daily life. I think those kind of storytelling pieces are bigger than the technological pieces.
0: So that's awareness. Now, how do you go into actually concrete steps? What's Xylem take on that? How can you as a corporate speed up things?
1: Our job is then, as communities are ready or companies are ready to implement reuse to make that as easy and affordable as possible.
0: Affordability is, sorry, yeah. don't want to cut you off, Please. but affordability shouldn't be the issue. Ways for the reuse is four times cheaper than desalination, people happily desalinate.
1: How many people really understand those numbers? I think it's getting that kind of awareness in front, understanding the economics, and then giving solutions that are even as we can continue to improve the affordability of reuse solutions today, we'll continue to do that. That's our duty as mm-hmm. Xylem and a technology provider is how do we use digital, how do we use other technologies to continue to bring the cost down and make it as easy as possible to implement reuse. That will continue to get better and better over time.
0: I made a very simple calculation as to why Singapore reuses water and you show that it's simply because it is the best solution in all dimensions. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because when something as advantages and drawbacks, I understand why it takes time to get adopted. When a solution has only advantages, I don't get it. I'm dumbfounded. Yeah. G- do you have a, an explanation as to why we're still having that discussion in 2023?
1: I think part of it was there was certainly the kind of toilet to tap that slowed things down. I think we're getting over that. One avenue that I think will be successful in kind of attacking the reuse narrative is really kind of reframing the problem around circularity the original circular economy was water (laughs) actually like that's and can we reframe around the circularity conversation that's gaining a lot of momentum and use that as a lever to say this is how we're thinking about water this is not just an endless resource this is not just something we can take out of the ground or resources forever but we have to think about it in a more circular way that is certainly when i'm talking to other industrial companies and their sustainability teams, that's how they're thinking about it. This is a resource. How do I get the most out of it as possible while reducing impacts around me? And reuse is often a top solution to do that. That kind of reframing, it's at least how I'm thinking about it is one way we can start to breach that conversation.
0: Peter Gleick was the keynote speaker today. I don't know if you've read his book on the, the three edges of water, but he's showing a very interesting graph about water use correlated with GDP in the US. And water abstraction fully correlates with GDP in the the US until the late 70s. And then, since the late 70s in the US, water use plateaued and GDP kept growing exponentially. He sees that as a sign that the US maybe entered the famous third age of water because they were able to decouple those two curves. Yet it's an exception if you look at lots of countries worldwide. The industrial sector will be the one which has to decorrelate that use of water and that growth curve. How can you, as a very large tech company, support them in that exercise?
1: I haven't read his book yet, but it's on my reading list now. You should. <laughs> as we're thinking about how we talk to other companies, we're coming at it as a sustainability conversation because we are seeing genuine investments from some of the largest companies in the world into their water. In sustainability overall but water in particular and especially for those companies that are high water use industries food and bev, apparel etc that have they're realizing oh crap my business can't survive with where projections are going for water it is not only not just a nice to have it's a must have and that's driving decision making and investments in a way we haven't seen and I go back to UN Water Week in March, and we all came, and it was really fun. I was taken aback, frankly, by how many corporates were present and speaking and talking because they know how important water is to their business. And we see that here in New York this week as well. There are so many companies here talking about water that maybe even five years ago worked and making real investments and commitments and updating their stakeholders on what they're doing in a way we haven't seen before. We're really fortunate. We recently acquired a company called Evoqua that really does a lot in reuse and industrial water management because we see this as a huge potential for us.
0: I'm so tempted to open a, a huge sidetrack about <laughs> how the UN Water Week was a great way to speak about a lot of stuff, but not much more than speaking. But I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> to you mentioned Evoquois, mm-hmm. that is one of the levels on which you partner and team up. Are there other types of partnerships which you're developing as Xylem to address water reuse?
1: You know, we've kind of legacy made investments and in partnerships through things like the Water Reuse Foundation and others that are really driving thought leadership in this. This has always been a priority for us, particularly in Xylem is we've really more served the municipal market reuse in the past and now have certainly built up those capabilities a lot more in industrial. I think we're paying a lot more attention to the public viewpoint. I mentioned that earlier with partnerships like Manchester City, etc. And I think you'll see more of that flavor from us of where we can leverage our technology, but also our partnerships with really cool, unique partners to get the word out on things like reuse, but other water topics too.
0: A company like Epic Clean Tech, which is doing onsite water reuse, would that be a potential partner? Is that a threat to Xalem's business model? Because if everybody starts reusing water on sites, then...
1: Well yeah. i the sustainability person, so I'll say later, from too many market thoughts. I think for us, any technology investment in making water more efficient, we're here for it. You know, our mission statement at Xylem is we aim for a world where water challenges no longer exist. And we know there's not a one-size-fits-all solution to that. It's going to come from us, hopefully, but also many others. And it's a good challenge for us to stay on the front line of technology through our own innovation, through our Xylem Innovation Labs and through other avenues to really stay at the forefront. But frankly, I'd say pretty confidently, we support anything that is bringing water and reducing challenges.
0: I have specific rapid fire for that (laughs) reuse topic. Let's start with a one word game. Okay. If you had to describe the future of water reuse in one word, what would it be?
1: Bright, like the future is bright. (laughs) You said rapid fire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) If you could instantly change one thing that would accelerate wastewater reuse, what would it be?
1: I think public acceptance, two words.
0: What's the most common misconception about water reuse that you'd like to debunk?
1: That it's a nice to have, not a must have.
0: What's one thing you'd urge listeners be they investors, policymakers, or entrepreneurs, to do after listening to this episode.
1: Your listeners are well-educated on water issues. They understand the nuances of reuse. Your duty as listening to this podcast and as being a member of the water sector is to reach out to someone who doesn't understand rios, who doesn't understand the challenges we face and educate them. And if every listener of your podcast and I know you've got thousands of listeners pick one person and do that, we've already made a small dent.
0: Oh, it's frustrating because I would have so many more questions for you so you will have to be back at some point but the format today forces me to be short so thanks a
1: lot. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And it's good to see you. And so see you soon. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Don't Waste Water. This podcast
0: was brought to you by GF Piping Systems. Loved this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. See you next time.